Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio Buck Perspective Podcast, man. Today is about the messenger. I'm going to try to coin it that phrase. You know, I haven't done one of these podcasts in a while. Normally, I do, I do my high-performance podcasts. I give you daily, you know, daily fire and stuff like that. I give you weekly reviews, monthly reviews, and I'm giving you a lot of year-in-review stuff at the moment. Um, But to be honest with you, this one is when I had a wake-up call, and I might call it the wake-up call because a lot of you don't know this story because all of, obviously you guys aren't like, you know, from Edison, New Jersey or Ashburn, Virginia or Garden Grove, California or Menlo Park, California. These were the people who used to follow me uh, and downloaded a lot of my episodes back in 2017 in Ashburn, Virginia. I just realized they still listen to my podcast in present day. And it's one of the most beautiful feelings in the world, knowing that someone in Ashburn, a beautiful place in Virginia, has been listening to you for almost five years. And they have not made their self apparent and whatnot, but I'm just waiting on that email uh, from someone from, you know, from Ashburn, Virginia saying, listen, I'm the one who's listened to your journey for the last five years. And they're the only ones that actually probably know this story. But, um, you know, towards the end of 2018, um, and, you know, to just lay down the foundation, there was a Filipino girl. And this Filipino girl uh, I met and just after my Thanksgiving trip in 2007 to Francisco Grande, a hotel in Casa Grande, Arizona, one of the most special nights of my life and being at a wedding <laughs> them being now divorced but and me not speaking so many more obviously but that night was everything to me and it, it made me realize so many things about you know it's it, it, people watching us dance and like they're like oh my god these are all college buddies holy shit and you know random people would just come up to me and say Who's that big Samoan guy? He dances very well. I was like, yeah, he's fucking Samoan. Jesus. <laughs> Those people are some of the greatest humans on the planet. Um, and going back to that night and that following up weekend, I still remember being at a booth at College of Southern Nevada and seeing this Asian girl. You know, of course, me being dumb at the time, I would just coin all Asians as just Asian. And she walked up to him and she said she was interested in basketball. And I'm like, you're interested in this? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> and her ended up being uh, my girlfriend. Uh, and it's so crazy. You know, one of my friends who still follows me and l l watches all my IG stories, Harvard grad, uh, dental school, uh, orthodontics, did his specialty in UCLA. Big shout out to my man, Ty Adiche. This guy used to grab rebounds over me in 2002, 19 years ago, freshman year of high school. This guy's a fucking beast. And I love this man like I do my next breath. And I'm so grateful that he is still around and still following me to this day. Um, he's the one that said, you know, I believe in serendipity and I believe she's going to come back. If you didn't make the move the first time, she will come back. And she did. She ended up being my girlfriend. And a lot of you already know how relationships go, but... I still was a friend with a girl who I had met on MySpace in 2006 when I was very interested in meeting people from across the world, most notably Japan, because for some reason, the emotional connection with me and Japanese people is 1000%.
like I feel everything that they feel. It's the craziest thing in the world. I can't explain it. But I kept in touch with this girl, Satomi, who went to, you know, University of Miami. And then she came back to Kyoto and she's like, Hey, you know, uh, I have free time during the month of, you know, 2008 and my girlfriend and I, we were going through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of problems and stuff. And, um, um, you know, we ended, she ended up breaking up with me and I'm like, okay, that's your decision. And next thing you know, she, uh, obviously, uh, Satomi at the time, she ended up saying, Hey, I have money. I'm going, I could come to Las Vegas. And I'm like, deal. You could stay with me. Me and Andre, we live in a bachelor pad. Here are the photos. Remember, 2008, we only had Skype, guys. We only had Skype. We don't have the beautiful things that we have today. Okay, I can't just walk around on an IG story live and show you everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's legitimate. Like, it was just Skype. And we finally got on a call. She's like, oh, my God, you're exactly the way I envision you to be. The crazy. <laughs> and so I was just like, wow. And I still remember going to the airport. Picking up Satomi, she was the messenger. And me and Mark, my childhood friend from 1999, I can't remember my teacher's name. He has a Polish last uh, last name, uh, P, Mr. Pursuit. No, 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 no. That was my third grade period uh, reading teacher in sixth grade, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, sixth grade. There was another girl, Mr. Pollock, I believe his name was. And me and Mark ended up being friends because Mark was the only Filipino guy in class. And I'm like, dude, this guy looks totally different from what i accustomed to seeing the 11 years previous in my life you know me being man guys come on i was only fucking 11 years old at the time jesus and so anyways mark at that time and i nine years later he takes me to the airport we're over here looking for satomi i got my phone ready and everything i'm like okay where is she we're looking at everyone coming down at mccarran international airport down the escalators and i'm in Next, you know, I'm like, hey, uh, I'm looking at this girl. I'm like, are you Satomi? And I'm like, okay, no, that's not her. And then all of a sudden, Mark says, he starts giggling. And Mark has a very, very familiar giggle. He's like, dude, is that her? And I looked at her and I'm like, whoa. One of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. And the next days of my, uh, the next eight days of my life changed my life forever. She made me... I was, I remember crying profusely on bed when we were watching a movie, Antoine Fisher, and she was holding me and because Antoine Fisher still hits that really soft spot of me. If you guys ever watch Antoine Fisher, please look it up. Uh, look at uh, Antoine Fisher ended scene or Antoine Fisher mother scene. You're going to know exactly what I've always felt with my father. And, but that's already been healed and I'm very happy for that. But that's still, that still, that scene alone still makes me very, very emotional. And I still remember dropping her off at the airport after eight days in August 20th of 2008 and crying like a baby on that little, that little van all the way back to this area. And I remember meeting this random guy at Main Street Station. He's like, Arsenio, what are you crying about? I said, man, I'm going to miss you. He's like, dude, you could go out there easily. And he, this random black guy, security, just ended up telling me a whole bunch of stories about just meeting people from all over the world and how easy it is to travel. And I think he imprinted something in my um, in my mind because 2009, and after Christine, my girlfriend at the time, Filipino, ended up coming back into my life, he ended up being, um, well, you know, that time ended up being very turbulent and Christine ended up leaving me in the first week of January, of two, uh, second week of January of 2009. And Satomi was still that messenger. 
And I was still keeping in touch with Satomi. She had met a guy in Guam. I was absolutely brokenhearted. And I'm like, what? She went to Guam and she met a guy? And the next, you know, I finally go out there to Australia. I was going to cancel my trip. Thank God I didn't. But I finally go out there. And I go out there and I thought I was there to visit her, but I was the memories and I still remember the blue mountains and the Darling Harbor and having that stake and being, you know, that person, that young guy, that guy at Taranga Zoo and reposting that photo on my Facebook and who was the one holding that camera? Satomi and me touching the kangaroo and guys, she was the messenger. And there are messengers in our life and these specific people, they are, their intention is to show us a new light. Satomi fell to her knees when I, she came to Las Vegas, probably about six nights, two nights before she left. She said, I'm never going to see you again. I said, mm -mm, no. And she was just crying, weeping in the middle of the apartment complex, a huge, massive complex near the Nellis Air Force Base out there in Las Vegas. And I said, listen, don't you know, I'll come visit you. I promise. That promise was an intent. And that intent was relived when I landed in Sydney, Australia, in July of 24 of 2009, which ended up shaping my life forever. And this is exactly that moment right there is why I am hearing you're hearing my voice today. Can you believe that? Satomi was the messenger to show me, Arsenio, there's so much more to Las Vegas. You can do so much more with your life. What are you going to do with it, though? I can bring you here, and it's so funny. Oh, it's, it's tragic. September and October of 2009, you know, me and Satomi, you know, we went through a breakup. She ended up cheating on me, and this guy, she ended up being in an abusive relationship for upwards of like a, ooh, probably about 16, 18 months. And me, I'm just like, man, why, why, why me, why me? But me being so younger at the time, I didn't understand. But what was she really? What was her original intent for being in your life? You met her randomly on MySpace by switching your search location to Japan and you met her. The most amazing story in the world. Um, Again, she's still, I, I don't know what, I haven't spoken to her in like 10 years, uh, but it is just amazing to see how a messenger came into my life. And then now I am this person I am today, a soon to be high performance transformation NLP and life coach, a soon to be highly sought after trainer in the world. Um, and this is why you have to be very weary of the people who actually give you messages throughout your life and say, man, connect the dots. Some of us, we hold grudges and we always call people our nemesis and say, no, you're this specific person because you did me wrong. And this happened because of this. And my life ended up changing forever because of this. No, 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 no. Look at it from a different hat. Look at it from a different vantage point. If you were to connect the dots of a situation that happened in your past and to see where you are, where you are today, fully content, can you look back at that and say, I understand you now. Thank you. Instead of holding that grudge and that hate, can you say thank you? I hate it, Satomi. I hate it, Satomi, for such a long time. 
2009, I would check my email every day. I would delete my email sometime and just keep rechecking it to see if she messaged me and emailed me. And Jessica was Jessica Zamore. She still, again, follows me on Facebook to this day. She was a huge driving force in my life. Guam, American, but she's Guamanian. And she posted one of the most amazing messages and I snapshot it. I haven't posted it just yet, but she said, listen, you care more than they do. And I think that was the most important message of my life because when she walked out of my life and chose to walk out of my life, I cared more about that than she did. She's like, it sucks, but that's just the truth. But she never asked me, so what are you gonna do now? And that's the follow-up question. That's the taken right course of action. And Satomi, I hated her for about a, a year until I met a random girl, you know, Sandra Tansy, you know, following Euro 2008, being a big fan of Fernando Torres when he took apart, uh, I don't even know who they played in that final. Oh, Germany, that's right. Uh, he scored the lone goal, uh, one versus uh, one to zero against Germany in Euro 2008. I ended up visiting her. She dumped me off to some of her friends named Romishka, Mauritians. And I ended up having an amazing trip to Great Ocean Road and so many other things. And Sandra just wasn't there. And Romishka was like, listen, this is your fucking friend. But I met, listen, I met some grimy ass people. But Romishka was another very positive driving force in my life at the time. Although very, very pedantic about everything in particular. Like, don't do this. Don't put your hands here. Don't put your sheet on, don't put your foot on your feet. Don't sit this way. I mean, this Jesus Christ. Oh my God. She was one of the worst people ever, but she was a driving force. She was one of those people that took me out. She didn't have to take me out to Great Ocean Road with Eric Houtet, another one of her fellow companions and compatriots from her country. She could have just dropped me off and say, fuck no, I'm not going anywhere with this guy. What the fuck? No, we all bought a rental car. We took a ferry across the river and we went to Great Ocean Road through Geelong. One of the greatest moments in my life still have those photos to today. And I kid you not, with Sandra and all these people, the messenger. If it wasn't for Sandra, I wouldn't have visited Melbourne the second time. Therefore, I wouldn't have moved to Australia. If it wasn't for Sandra, like literally, uh, like, you know, uh, introducing me to Ramishka, who had a roommate at the time, who looked really cute at the time. Her name was Beatrice. And I was like, oh, are you Indi from India? She's like, oh, don't say that. She's going to fucking kill you. I'm like, well, I don't know where she's from. Oh, she's from Mauritius. Okay, well, I don't fucking know. Chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That was me at the time. I was so rogue. And, you know, me and her ended up dating for lack thereof a little bit of time. But she was the reason why I moved to Australia. If her and I had broken up in Australia, I mean, I'm sorry, in April of 2011, I wouldn't have moved to Australia. Crazy, isn't it? This is a game of inches. People and messengers are placed in our life. And I could tell you right now, if you connect those dots, you are going to have so much more peace with yourself. Instead of looking back and saying, oh, I hate these people for this and that, look back and say, whoa. To be honest, man, I... If it wasn't for that situation, I wouldn't be here, 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 here. Come on, let's be honest. I wouldn't have gone to Melbourne in 2018. Who, um, 
what is it? I kept in touch with a black guy who actually had a girlfriend at the time, and he was crying, you know, crying all these different things. And now, next you know, I saw him in Melbourne. He was in Melbourne, African American guy. He was dating a girl. The next you know, this lady, beautiful, was sitting across from me. My people skills at the time was terrible. God damn, at now, boy, I'm the king of all. You know what I mean? And so uh, at the time, you know, I exchanged numbers and details with this specific girl standing across from the table. We went on a, a, a dinner to, you know, the Korean food, and we had one of the most amazing times ever, you know, and all these specific people are in your life, and these people lead you to others, and that's what I am telling you right here, right now, is connect the dots, and you'll make sense of a lot of things that have happened in the past. With that being said, people, wow, the messenger is what I'm going to call this. And again, connect the dots, whether it's this year, whether it's the previous two years, I don't care when it was, connect the dots and things are going to make a hell of a lot more sense. I'm your host as always, over and out.